we were complaining about earlier in it like uh, a few days ago about how it doesn't feel champions league doesn't feel the same anymore with like everything being moved to bt sport compared to like the itv but this is a proper throwback in it What's everyone saying? And you're listening to the Beyond the Gaffer podcast. You're here with your boy Kaj and your co-host Dinesh and Dylan. Before we go, go on to the rest of the episode, please follow us on our socials at BTG underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Now, we're going to be looking at the quarterfinal draw for the Champions League that we that happened on Friday. But before we go on and analyse the teams and the draws, I'm going to give it to our co-hosts. Dinesh, how are you doing? I'm good, Kaj. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we're recording this on Saturday. Draw happened yesterday. Um, there's definitely some really good ties, so looking forward to that. And I feel like I'm saying this every week, but Newcastle probably have their biggest game of the season today. So hopefully they can bring the win home and keep the club up. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, 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 hopefully one day you'll be in these competitions. Oh, yeah. That's what you can say. Back to it? the glory yeah. days. How, how about you, Dylan? Yeah, you know, I'm feeling quite relieved off that draw yesterday, which we're you know, we're going to talk about. You know, It could have, could have gone a lot worse for Liverpool, as we'll find out. But yeah, I'm in a good mood. I'm going for a run after this. So, you know, bring on Saturday. Oh, yeah, we're going to sponsor you for your marathon training. Don't worry, one day when we get enough followers and all that. But yeah, um, yeah, no, before we start, I mean, let's start off with Man City versus Dortmund. Um, what are your thoughts on that tie? Uh, finish with you. So Man City, Dortmund. Um, I think probably a good draw for City. Dortmund are one of those teams that are, we know they're dangerous in terms of their attack. I think they've been a little bit inconsistent this season. I think they're currently sitting fifth in Bundesliga. So for City, personally, I don't think they've really been tested in the Premier League. Um, And for them, this will be a good opportunity to get into the semi-final, which they've only done once since 2011-2012. So I'm actually really hopeful for City. I think a good draw, like I said, I think Pep's finally got the team playing in a certain style where they're they're dominating teams, but they're, they're scoring the goals when they need to. And I think they've found that balance in defence now, which I think is really important, especially like we touched on. The attack for Dortmund is where the threat's going to lie. Haaland, top scorer in the Champions League this season. He scored 10 goals far by far ahead of everyone uh, in the Champions League so far. He will be the biggest threat. And we know what Sancho can do as well, if he's fit. So Dortmund will definitely look to play on the counter. Also Marco Royce, Royce as well. Royce, yeah, good to see him back well. fit and playing again now. But I think City have got this one in the bag. What do you guys think? I mean, I've got to agree. I think the only thing that went against them, you could argue, is the fact that they're playing the second leg in Dortmund. But it's a perfect tie for City. Probably, if you're Guardiola, you'd be very, very happy. Probably the perfect tie for them. Um, I, I just think that they will have too much for Dortmund. I know they st- sort of struggled the last couple of seasons getting through the quarterfinals with like disappointing defeats like Leon last season and Monaco a few seasons before that. And obviously they struggled against the English teams in Tottenham and Liverpool. But I think this season things seem to be coming together. The fact that the quadruple still on as well might spur them even on. And Guardian has done a lot of rotating this season. So I think he'll get the better of of Terzic. And you never know, like this time next season, we might not even see Dortmund in the Champions League, they're struggling. To, they're facing an uphill battle to qualify in the Bundesliga. Uh, you never know what might happen. So I, I guess 
I guess it'll be it'll be a test for them. I mean, they've only met once before, or twice back in 2012. But I think City will have too much for Dortmund this time. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. To be fair, because I think with Man City they're on a whole another level with before. Because at least with the previous seasons, you could always sense like a sense of like vulnerability in defense, or you can like really get at them. At least when they had Otamendi and so on. But with um, Ruben Diaz, I think they've just their defense has just gone on a whole another level now. Uh, Stones has become come into form really well as well. And I looked at it. I think. Dortmund seem really easy in terms of, they don't seem defensively secure and I think with Man City you're guaranteed goals uh, coming from them so uh, the way I see it I just see it City the only thing I would say is that if you had to face any team facing City you'd ha- you don't get much of the ball so you have to be ruthless in transition and so when it comes to that I think Dortmund might be one of the better teams just to pick them off because if there's any if you if you only have one or two chances who who better than having Haaland up front just to take them do you not think and with Royce and Sancho they'll be the perfect players to play in transition I don't know if your thoughts on that what I thought was really interesting was the United City game this season what City, um, sorry what United did really well was they pressed them really high but they sat on the halfway line basically and what City are so good at is doing that to teams themselves. And I think that's what Dortmund are going to have to do. I think if they want to if they want to win this game, that they've got to basically just have Haaland and Sancho sitting on the halfway line ready to counter-attack. Because they know they've got the pace to get in behind the likes of if, if Zinchenko's yeah, playing or Cancelo, for example. I think they'll be able to beat them, but it's whether they can get these players on the counter-attack and get into these positions where you know Haaland will finish finish a chance if he gets it. So they will be dangerous, but like you said, it's whether they can develop these counter-attacks to get the opportunities to score. It'll be interesting to see how like fullbacks are being used, especially from Guardiola, because he mentioned in an interview with uh, Gary Lineker, I don't know if you guys have saw, in that he uses Cancelo in that in that kind of midfield auxiliary like midfield fullback position just so he can stop the counter uh, and overload the midfield i don't know if he'll try and do that as well here but he's you saw at least against man uh man united that he he had to substitute cancelo for kyle walker right so it's just those kind of options which are to be honest good options to have if you're any manager right i don't know what I thought of was um, the the team that city put out against Munchen gladbach i think that's probably their best 11 so they started Cancelo at left back and Walker at right back, and the front four consisted of David. Uh, sorry, one said David Silva, Bernardo Silva, who's playing as the false nine. They had Foden on the left, De Bruyne in the middle, and Mares on the right. And I think those are the best four attackers. I think this season those two, those four, really like they transition really well. Mares is will just you know he'll be on one wing at one point. He'll come into the middle. They all sort of mix in really well. Foden, the goal that they scored, that second goal that Gundogan finished off, was incredible. The, the way he drove from midfield. So I think that's their best 11. And if they can keep that Diaz-Stones partnership going, so I don't like, see why uh, they can't do so it. So like, I mean, like, so, all right, Dylan, right, we'll bring you, you into this. Who do you think are going to be the key players, at least for City? I mean, there's, the great thing about City for now is there's so many different midfielders that interchange in positions, so it doesn't feel like there's only one man. I don't know. Do you, do you have your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Because he's rotated so well, I don't think it actually matters too much who plays. I think he will go with a false nine. Um, I, I can't see Aguero or Jesus starting, but whoever plays behind him, I think I think he'll be fine. It'll be a really interesting battle to see that that Foden Bellingham if they if he starts that battle in midfield. I think I think it'll be a really interesting one to see these two young English players go head to head for that control of the centre of the park. But for City, I actually don't think it matters hugely who plays in behind, and Gardner will chop and change depending on what 
what stage of the position positions they're in and what the injuries are saying and where they are in the other cop competitions. I, I think it, to me, him, it doesn't really matter. They've, they've done really well with injuries this season. Hardly anyone has been out for an extended period of time. I think, that, I just think they'll be too strong for Dortmund and it'll be down to the defence. Look, six clean sheets on the trot in the Champions League, isn't it? I mean, that, that tells a story of its own. So, it'll be whether to see whether the Haaland, the, I guess, maybe a future golden boy can break it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think it will be just a battle of defences in some ways because I think I saw on the stats on average in the league, Dortmund conceded on average 1.4 goals a game whilst Man City conceded at 0.7. But yeah, no, I think that's probably it we can talk about Man, for Man City for now. Let's move on to Chelsea versus Porto. How about you, th- your thoughts, Thinesh, on, the, on that tie? A brilliant draw for Chelsea. I think they'll be delighted, won't they? The last four seasons, they've had some really tough draws, um, knocked out in the round of 16. They've played PSG twice, Bayern and Barcelona. So I think they'll be relieved to see someone, a team like Porto, which is no which is no discredit to them because they're a top side, but a definitely a beatable side for them. And Chelsea will be really happy. One thing I think will suit them in this game particularly is that Porto just don't dominate the ball at all. They've had average 38% possession in the Champions League this season. Chelsea dominated the ball in all the games they played, average of 63% possession. So I think that'll tell the story of this game that Chelsea will dominate Wait, even against, the ball. Even against Atletico? Oh, what, sorry? Even against, Atle- even against Atletico, Atletico yeah. they would dominate the ball. I mean, that's just, oh, really? the, yeah. that's just the average that they've had in the Champions League this season. So oh, that'll yeah. tell the story of the game that Chelsea will dominate the ball. Porto have been brilliant defensively in the Champions League, so they'll look to counter them. Uh, so it'll be a pretty attritional game, but I can see Chelsea winning this one and they've got a really good chance of getting to the final, I think. Oh no! I saw, yeah, that we can speak more about that tie um, in terms of the semi-final uh, ties as well. But yeah, Dylan, your thoughts on the tie as well? No, I think look, it's the best tie Chelsea could have could have got. And best tie, best tie, best tie. But yeah, best tie. I think. I mean, Porto again, another team that are potentially next season could not be in the Champions League again, struggling and struggling to maintain that that second place in the Portuguese Portuguese Liga. Only one point had a Braga. Um, so the battle was on for them to be in the UCL next season. And they remember they crashed out of qualifying last season. I remember I was guided because it meant Liverpool couldn't play them <laughs> in the in the knockout phase. Um, but no, again, I think again uh, the defense has completely changed, and that's what they rely on against. I think well, again, six clean sheets in the Champions League this season. Mendy has been a wall back there, and even with players like Thiago Silva out injured, Rudu has come to the squad, played absolutely immense against Atletico midweek and with Aspilicueta you know Alonso Chilwell rotating I, I think they'll be fine again I can't see Porto doing as much damage as they did to Juventus but you never know look so it's Champions League one of those funny competitions where over over two legs you never know what can happen we've seen some crazy results already this season like I don't think anyone expected Porto to knock out Juve um, so I wouldn't, yeah, well, I wouldn't write them well, off just yet but I do think Chelsea will have too much to I mean, before we go on, I, I want to know what what were your thoughts on like the Juventus Porto game, right? Because that that was quality, wasn't it? Like that was just amazing. That was like, that was like pure. The way tra- Porto Champions defended, I've I haven't seen a game like it before. I think Pepe made like eighteen clearances. <laughs> just it was ridiculous. Uh, he had yeah. an incredible performance, and he's getting on now, but he's still playing at the highest highest level, yeah. isn't he? So been really impressed with them yeah. defensively. See, the, yeah. So I kind of agree with what I think it was a po- uh, your point, Finish, in that. I think I think it's going to be a low-scoring tie regardless because under Tuchel, I don't think they scored more than two goals a game, Chelsea. But they, I looked at that. So 13 games, nine wins, four draws, unbeaten, 11 clean sheets, both league and the Champions League. That's ridiculous. That in terms crazy. of like a, That's a ridiculous, right? But that's the thing. And because of that, I don't think this is the most favourable tie. I think the best tie for them could have been someone like Dortmund because Dortmund are a lot more vulnerable, for example, just to conceding goals. And... 
I don't. And given that, I think, did any of you watch the Leeds game and the Chelsea game uh, at all this uh, past weekend or last week? But it was a nil-nil draw, right? I just think there's gonna they're gonna have more problems scoring goals than actually defending than defending. So I think what favors and favors them is having a, a team that will actually constantly attack them so they can counter but i just I, that's just from looking at the stats really um do you the way you see it do you just ultimately just see chelsea going through do you not see any sort of upset coming from porto in the slightest slightest they'll make it difficult for sure like porto like we like we touched on defensively they've been really sound like Mbemba and pepe formed a really good partnership and this is a guy who was at Newcastle, who was devoid of any sort of decision-making, positioning was ridiculous. Some of the things he would do was bizarre, but he's been brilliant. I, I found a stat that he'd only made um, two fouls, I think, in the whole of the in the whole of the Champions League so far. So when he's made tackles, they've been brilliant. So that partnership will be very hard for them to break down. And I think like you touched on, Chelsea are just struggling to score, score goals a little bit. So it will be a low-scoring one. But who will be important is Giroud who is the top scorer in the Champions League this season. He scored six goals. Really? Uh, I think he's yeah. the second top scorer in the Champions League at the moment. So yeah, he will be the key he? player. Oh, is he? I think for <sighs> them, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think the key for them to score is to just put crosses into the box. Because mm-hmm. Giroud, you so know, he'll put them away, won't he? See, I think Werner's their most dangerous player, right? Because regardless of how bad his finishing is, he's always a threat to, for them. Even like you saw against Atletico with his pass to Ziyech, right? And it's interesting to see how like, Kante's kind of transformed under Tuchel again in that he's becoming more he's he has more license to show his other facets of his game do you not think like like the counter for the second goal for Chelsea he was he was instrumental for that even just pile, uh running through to the to the box and giving that extra like options just so he can take defenders away do you not think yeah I mean he was man of the match wasn't he I think on Wednesday he yeah. played so well the recoveries he made what 13 times but I think it was he won the ball back the most in a since he did it himself against Barcelona. So I, he's he's integral to that team. And if you think, I think I, I think if, you, if we look at the squad, I know we watch Chelsea sort of more often than we do Porto on a week in week out basis. But I think that Tuchel has yeah. got that squad playing. I still, like I said, I don't think he knows his best eleven quite yet. But I I think he's he's getting there and he's and he's slowly working out. Well, it's been fifteen games now. He's getting there, yeah. and I think by the time the second leg comes around, I think I expect Chelsea to be to be home and hosed come the end of those 90 minutes. What's really good to see is that Havertz is now starting more regularly now and he looks a lot happier than he did when he started. I think he's found his role just behind the striker uh, with Werner cutting in from the left and he can make those late runs into the box. I think Pulisic has been a really good addition for him as well because Pulisic will create the space for him to make those runs in behind. So really good to see him playing and enjoying his football and hopefully he can get back to the form that he was finding at Leverkusen. Just touching on um, Porto... In terms of the goals, I mean, their main goal scorer is Medi Taremi, who's suspended for the first game. So I think they'll really struggle. I think it's only Musa Morega who's their only goal threat. Um, so I can't really see where the goals are going to come from with Taremi suspended. So like we said, it will be a low scoring one, but Chelsea should have enough for it. Not the tie you really want to watch in it. That's basically it. But um, no, that's fair. Um all right, we've spoken about Chelsea now. Um, how about we let's move on to the other, the last English team in the quarterfinal? Let's it's your team, Dylan. Liverpool. Um, so it's Liverpool versus Real Madrid. How do you feel about that draw? I mean, I would have wanted Dortmund or Porto, but the fact that when the draw was made, it was we were left with Bayern, PSG, Madrid. Out of those, I would take Real Madrid. Um, so yeah, quite I, easily, in my exactly. Opinion. So in that sense, we got away with one there. Um, 
Uh, I mean, it's it's a winnable tie, definitely winnable. Madrid have had their struggles this season. Obviously, we have as well. The Champions League seems to bring out a different side of us. I'm not sure why, but Klopp seems to love that competition. And he's only lost one two-legged tie in, in, in his time at Liverpool, which was last season against Atletico. So I think they're there for the taking, Madrid. Um, I mean, they, I don't, they don't really have anything to, to play for domestically. I mean, I can't see them winning La Liga with Atletico ahead. They're sort of in a battle for second or third with Barca. So they might put all their eggs in one basket like we might because um, I think even top four for us is a bit outside so it'll be an, it'll be a fascinating tie I'm glad we have the second tie at home although the home struggles seem to be Liverpool's problem at the moment um, but I definitely think it's a winnable tie I mean Klopp's faced Dortmund seven times um, which is the club he's faced most in his career so he obviously knows knows the club well in well out and you know we faced him in the final two years ago um, when Karius had his his unfortunate unfortunate moment which sort of ended his Liverpool career but I, I definitely think it's a winnable tie for Liverpool. I, I can see, I can see there definitely been goals. I think, I think both the defenses are a bit shaky to say the least. <laughs> Let's say that. And I think Benzema's probably definitely got the beating of maybe Nat Phillips and Ozan Kabak. But I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's a tie. Liverpool can win. Just touching on that, are you worried? Because those two have only played 270 minutes of Champions League football between them. And I think Real Madrid will look at that to exploit that with the likes of Benzema and Vinicius Jr. I mean, I'm 100% concerned. I mean, Henderson might be fit, so I don't know whether he'll go back into the defence or whether he'll risk for putting Fabinho back there again, despite him looking good in midfield at the moment. You never know. Um, they will definitely look to target that area. I, I, I am worried. Again, Benzema running out Ozan Kabak, who's not the, the quickest player um, that we have. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely definitely is a worry. I mean, Benzema's, I think he's scored his most Champions League goals against Liverpool. So it's not great. The only, the stats are not looking so good, but I, I think we'll have enough to get through. Yeah. I, I'm touching on this, I think you're definitely right in terms of Benzema being the key man for Real Madrid, in uh, my opinion. I think he's a leading goal scorer, 15 goals in La Liga, five goals in the Champions League. But the problem is uh, Real Madrid, right, is that, well, one, after ben, uh, Benzema, I think Casemiro is their next uh, goal scorer with only six goals um, in all competitions. Modric, Ramos and Vinicius with four. So this isn't the same Real Madrid that we're we're thinking about, like that won three Champions Leagues in a row with the Ronaldos and so on, so, which is obvious. But I also think they're such an aging team, especially in midfield. Do you not think that would be like the area to exploit? Because at least in the previous seasons, I would back Liverpool with like the way that they press, the way that they just, um, with their energy alone from Wijnaldum, Henderson and so on, to just dominate the midfield and, and press, especially from the front foot. Do you not think that would be one of the biggest strengths that Liverpool can look at? I wouldn't agree because I think that midfield is what won them three Champions Leagues in a row. We're talking Cruz, Modric they're, they're still, and Casemiro. That's a brilliant... I, I think any team, any team would love to have that midfield. It's a brilliant midfield. But, but, that's but probably their all, strongest all, area, I'd say. But okay, not Casemiro, but they're all like I think Modric and Kroos are definitely over thirty, right? And they're not the same players as they were like. I mean, they were, but they used to. But that experience, I think, is so important in this sort of tie, uh, especially with a lot of younger players sort of playing in the team now. With like Ferland Mendy and Vinicius, need that sort of guidance, and they will keep things ticking along for them. And they're all quite young, aren't they? Vinicius, Rodrigo. Exactly. Know. These are inexperienced players. Yeah, 20 years old or wherever they are. So, you know, I mean, I mean, it'll be wet and weather to be seen whether like someone like Hazard will be fit for the tie as well. I mean, that would make a big difference. He's he's given Liverpool some nightmares in the past, hasn't he? Yeah, but I think we're looking at I think we're looking at the past, right? But like Hazard so far in Real Madrid has been a bit relatively oh, disappointing. So disappointing, right? really disappointing yeah. yeah. Really yeah. disappointing. I think injuries so, injuries like, have plagued him. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what you can do about, the, about injuries. 
But like Cad said, it's, though, they just, apart from Benzema, I don't really know who else scores goals in that team. Like Ramos will like, score a penalty here and there, but there's no other like, goal scorers like they had with Ronaldo. Like Vinicius isn't yeah. really a goal scorer. Yeah. He dribbles a lot, he and, creates chances, but it's really Benzema I, I, who's the main threat, isn't he? So I think yeah, they will struggle anything, to score I, goals. But Liverpool have been struggling to score goals. So honestly, I couldn't call it if I was you. Yeah, but I think this is nothing to do with analysis. I just feel like with it's just you know it's just one of those Champions League kind of feelings where you just fancy Liverpool on a European night. It's just those kind of feelings where I think Liverpool go through. But also, it's just I think this is the best tie that Liverpool could have got. I think if they would have had more problems facing someone like Porto, who have a very good defense, than someone someone like this, given that they haven't been scoring enough goals. And I think the biggest key will be I know Fabinho's been playing well in midfield is whether Klopp takes him out of midfield or if he puts him in defence because I think Liverpool would be better a lot lot better by having Thiago and Fabinho just dominating that midfield and uh, keeping more of the ball and get giving the ball to Salah and Mane to run at their defence I don't know do you not think yeah no the, the team that's played the second leg against Leipzig if Henderson is not fit that should be the team that he plays in both legs against Madrid like well, there's a couple of league fixtures between now and then, but like I think top four is looking like, like a struggle and our best route into the Champions League is by winning it this season. So I think he should rotate and play that 11. And if Henderson is fit, probably bring him back into the midfield at the expense of Thiago or Wijnaldum, whoever he chooses to, um, but keep the defence the same. They just need to get minutes under the belt. Like Finnish said, only what, less than 300 minutes they've played um, between them. What, 20 centre-back pairings this season? It's not, not, not great. So you need some stability in arguably one of the most important positions on the pitch. Alright. I mean, okay, so before we like end the Liverpool segment and this tie, who do you think are going to be the key battles? I'm going to start with you, Thinnish, before we go to Dylan as well, into the one-on-ones. I think definitely it'll be Benzema and Vinicius versus the defence. I don't think any of that, any of the Liverpool defence are quick enough to deal with the pace of Vinicius. Um, so... If he can get in behind, I mean, Benzema's averaged the most shots in the Champions League this season, 4.1 shots per 90, which is incredible. So if he can get a shot off in the form he's in, I'd back him to score, to be fair. So I think yeah. people shouldn't write off Real Madrid. They're the all-time they're all time leading Champions League winners, 13 Champions Leagues. We know the pedigree that they've got, so I'm not writing them off yet. I still think they've got a good chance of winning this tie, to be fair. Fair. How about you, Dylan? You know, I think the battle is actually going to be one in midfield. Like, I mean, you've got Royce yeah, and Modric hold, holding down. Like, whether the Fabinho, Henderson, and Thiago can control that. I mean, I've we've everyone's watched Croy's play over the years. He he's a master with the ball at his feet. Can pick a pass. Um, he's got a good shot on him as well. So and he'll Same be, he'll be as well. exactly, and they'll be pinging these passes to to Vinicius, or Rodrigo if he plays, Hazard if he's fit, and you know you've got players like Marco Asensio as well lining up on the right wing. So. I think the battle is going to be definitely one in midfield. If whoever controls that midfield, depending on what formation is played, will win that game. Because I think they'll both be feeding the wingers. I will be feeding Mane, Salah, Mane, Salah and Jota heavily. Because um, I think we play better when we're on the front foot. And same with Madrid, given both our defensive issues. So remains to be seen what happens. But I'm looking forward to it. It'll be, a, be an absolutely cracking tie. I mean, it's as heavyweight a tie as it gets, isn't it? It is. But it is really. It's just based on Champions League history. Um. All right. Before... Um, we spoke about all the English teams. The other tie we've got is Bayern Munich and PSG. Uh, what do you think about that tie? It's I'll arguably the tie of the round, isn't yeah, it? Okay. I think everyone's really excited to watch this one, PSG. versus Bayern, a repeat of last year's final as well. Um, this, yeah, two amazing teams, two heavyweights. Mbappe versus Lewandowski. So many good players on both sides. Uh, I think it'll be a really, really good tie. I think, but Bayern, I think we'll have enough in this one. They are probably the team to beat, I'd say, this season. 
they've dominated Europe, I think, the last few seasons, albeit that Liverpool have also done amazingly in the Champions League as well. So, yeah, whether it comes down to, I mean, obviously we don't watch we don't watch these teams very often, but we know how yeah. dangerous both attacks are. Mbappe, Neymar, and Moise Keane, well, I think. Neymar, Neymar is injured. So he is injured, yeah. I don't know if he'll be yeah, fit, actually, so, so that'll, be, that'll be one to see. But the, the problem is for PSG, I think they're so over-reliant on these three. I think those are the only three goal scorers that they've had in the Champions League this season. So if one of Neymar, for example, is injured, they'll be so over-reliant on Mbappe and Moise Keane. I don't know where else the goals will come from from them, to be fair. Whereas Bayern yeah. have had 11 different goal scorers in the Champions League. So we know the depth of goal scoring ability that they've got if they need a goal. And that yeah, might be the difference in the tie. I think more de- there's a more defensive vulnerabilities when I look at PSG, especially even against Barcelona. I know it's messy and so on, right? But I can't get away from the fact that there's a mentality problem with PSG more than anything else. Do you not think when it comes to the, these quarterfinals, semifinals, like stages, like they just have like that bottling gene. Do you get where I'm coming from? I mean, they overcame like, it last I, year, didn't they? We're getting to the final. So yeah. I don't know if it's out of their mind, you know, different manager now under Poch. But, um, but again, like I think the, will the league distract them again? I mean, they're not, they're what, second in? Yeah, they're second. Second in so Liga behind Lille. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like, will they... Bayern, I know Bayern only one point ahead of Leipzig got a game in hand though. But I mean, again, then they 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 have they're fighting on like a multiple fronts. And I think obviously the league is so important to Poch, um, given that. But I mean, but they want to win the Champions League, so it's a, it's a difficult one. I think it's a really, really, really difficult tie to call actually. But I'm actually really looking forward to it. Do you think there'll be pressure on Pochettino if he doesn't do well um, this season, uh, uh, both in the Champions League and maybe a little bit yeah. of pressure? But he only came what back end of November, and he's he, he won a trophy already, hasn't he? The Coupe de France or whatever yeah. he won. Um, but there will be pressure massively on next season, and it remains to be seen whether the, what happens with some of their players. Um, it would but, be really, really interesting. It's like, and again, it's the fourth tie with another German manager. Um, so they they seem to be doing bits in the Champions yeah. League this season. The Germans. So it'll be, it'll be yeah. interesting to see whether there's like four German managers in the semi final. I think that's. That Something to watch out for, whether the Germans can get their their like do one over on their other counterparts. But yeah, I think I think it'll be a fascinating fascinating kind. Mm. I think it's very very difficult to call though, especially with PSG having. I think they got the second leg at home, haven't they? They do. So you yeah, never yeah. you never know. I mean, I mean, this will be a nice segue into the rest of the conversation we're here. But do you not think that both teams just don't look as strong last year? Because I was looking, even like Serge Gnabry was one of the key uh, reasons to why Bayern Munich was doing so well last year. I think he's got zero goals in the Champions League so far. I know they got more from Sane and probably Coman this year and is more distributed, but... Do you not think that Bayern Munich were a lot better last year than compared to this season? Same with PSG, with now with no Thiago Silva at the back. I think attacking-wise, um, they're still good because, like you said, even though Nabry hasn't been playing, Sane's just slotted in and he's smashing it, isn't he? But yeah. the, I think the big issue Bayern have had is, is defensively. They play such a high line. They're so reliant on... Yeah. Basically, Neuer just plays as this sweeper-keeper um, and they play so high up to turn around the ball and counter that they're actually a lot more defensively susceptible this season. So I think last season in the Bundesliga, they recorded the lowest XG conceded ever in the history of the Bundesliga, 1.01. But this season they're recording 1.29, which is only eighth in the Bundesliga. So definitely if PSG can um, you know, take advantage of them on the counter-attack, they're there for the taking. But yeah. it's whether you know they can score the goals and you know because they're so reliant on Mbappe and Moise Keane, I still think Bayern will outscore them even if they are struggling a little bit more defensively because the form Lewandowski is yeah. in, it's insane. We know what the midfielders can do. Muller, Goretzka, Kimmich, incredible. It's a, it's an amazing team, what they've built now. They've got an amazing yeah. foundation to dominate Europe, I think, for the next few years. So 
Yeah, I mean, we talked about Benzema being how, okay, we probably didn't talk enough about how much of he's been a legendary striker for Real Madrid and just over the years, last decade. Lewandowski fully counts that. He should have won the Ballon d'Or last year, to be honest. I agree. And once again, <laughs> another free transfer that Bayern, I don't know how they pull off these transfers, but it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, they always take, I can never take that league seriously because they take so many of like, the best players from like their rivals, like Dortmund. Exactly. I mean, yeah. they've like, taken like, Upamecano yeah. already, haven't they, for next season? Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, like, I don't see any point in following that league like do you not think but i mean that's a different conversation but yeah um all right fine so we talk about like the quarterfinal draw i mean how about we touch briefly on the possible route for the semi-finals and the final so the matchups we've got are the winner of city versus dortmund against the winner of Bayern psg so i guess we can i guess we all kind of agree that city most likely will win the tie against dortmund the Bayern psg what do we think for that one Bayern? i think Bayern. Bayern Munich, yeah. yeah i think Bayern. Bayern. So for me, I think whoever wins that tie will probably go on to win will win the Champions League. I think that tie will determine probably. Do you think it's a bit like the Inter Barcelona of like ten years ago? It's like the semi final yeah. before the final. It has that feel to it, doesn't it? I think those three, I would say, are the favourites in my opinion. With Liverpool, definitely a dark horse to come and win it. So. On the other side of the bracket, though, there's a brilliant chance for one of the English teams to get to a final, potentially looking at a Chelsea-Liverpool semi-final. Dylan, what do you think about that one? I mean, that's got, that tie's got nostalgia written all over it, hasn't it? That, that's, that's Champions League heritage, I know, right? that's like, ITV we com- football, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we, we, were compl- we were complaining about earlier, innit? Like, uh, a few days ago, about how it doesn't feel, Champions League doesn't feel the same anymore with, like, everything being moved to BT Sport compared to, like, the ITV. But this is a proper throwback, innit? Like, uh, Chelsea-Liverpool semi-final. And it's good to that. see just English teams dominating European football again. Like, that, like you said, that's such a nostalgic tie because yeah. that's what the yeah. English teams did back then and... They're getting back to that sort of form now. Do you think, I think Chelsea are dark horse? Do you fancy like, yourself against Chelsea in that, you know in that sort of time? One, like, given the form, the way it's going, you could you could probably argue Chelsea. And I think there's a, actually a really good case for Chelsea to win the Champions yeah, League this season. I think so as well. To so actually yeah. win it as well in a one-off tie against yeah. Bayern, and Bayern Munich or City. If Chelsea win it, I mean, I wouldn't be that surprised as some people would. I think that it's set up for them to do Same. it. Second leg at home as well in the semi-final is clutch. So, you know what? I wouldn't write Chelsea off. Obviously, I'd love to say Liverpool are going to do it. Like, And it wouldn't surprise me for Liverpool to finish ninth this season in the league and go on and win the Champions League. That's just what we do. That's just what um, Liverpool do, isn't it? And so. Klopp, Klopp has a love affair in the Champions League. So, I wouldn't, wouldn't rule us out. But I mean, if we lose to Madrid, um, I would back Chelsea all the way as a dark horse. I I, I can see them winning the Champions League. It'll, I can I can really see it. You know what? If that's a Chelsea Bayern final again, man, I really oh, I, I can't would, I can't live immense. through that, man. Uh, that I don't want to see Chelsea win another Champions League. Before Probably one of the best finals. Man. I can't. One of my favorite that, finals, man. definitely that Chelsea Bayern final. So do you from think? Do you both think that Bayern will beat City if that's the matchup in the semi? <sighs> I think the really only team one, I, I think the only team that can beat Bayern in a two leg tie is City. That's the thing. I only fancy City and to beat them. Oh, actually, knows no, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. Chelsea, Chelsea like Pep no, City or Chelsea, but Chelsea's obviously on the other side, right? I don't fancy Liverpool in a two leg tie if it if it ever did. If that the draw ever like shaped up to that. Um. Yeah. No. I just. So you call what you, call, you call, what are you calling it? Catch City or Bayern Munich? If that's the case with the semi, who's your money on? I see City. You know. I don't know why. Is that, I just is that a quadruple thing going on there, Catch? Is that a taste, it's not, taste it's of not the even that. For me, it, it will be dependent on how, if Guardiola really um, overthinks the tie uh, over the over the last few years, especially against like inferior opposition like Tottenham, um, I think Leon like, last year and so on. But 
I think they just they're just so good, and he's rotated so well in that. I think all the players will be fresh, and and I think the the strength in midfield from like Gundogan, uh, Foden, De Bruyne, and so on will just be too much for their for their midfield. Um, I do want to touch more on the Liverpool Chelsea tie though. The way I see it. I have no actual like footballing reasons behind it, but I just think Liverpool are going to win the Champions League. It's like <laughs> it's, it's, it's Istanbul. It's, it's Istanbul. I do think it's yeah, it's Istanbul fate. again, isn't like, it? Yeah. No offense. Like if you look back on 2012, right? There's no reason why Chelsea should have won that. Like Napoli, they were three one down. You're right. Came that back. game just felt Benfica, like fate. Like yeah. Drogba to score in next. Bar- like, Barcelona, yeah. like Messi missed a penalty, man. And men as well, weren't they? And then Robin missed a penalty. The final, yeah. Like no offense, like. <laughs> I, I was just like and Vilas Boas as well no not Vilas Boas yeah, Roberto Di Matteo like, Roberto Di Matteo one of all the yeah. managers they had in the in Champions League history Roberto Absolutely Di Matteo crazy, isn't it? honestly, honestly I, it's going to end up being like I have to support Liverpool again like two years ago <laughs> I don't even want it I don't want I don't even want that because the way I see it I, I, if Chelsea go through I don't think Real Madrid will beat them I don't I definitely don't think it but I I think it's just from like nostalgia purposes. I think Klopp on like certain games can just turn turn it, and it can he can bring back the Liverpool of the past few years. It's just really dependent on injuries and really, do, oh, you know, like um your centre back is. Are there any centre backs coming through? Like even like Matip? No, nope, all the, out to the, the end of the season. Stage? Matip, Van Dijk, Gomez, all out in the season. <laughs> and I don't think he's going to stick Ben Davies, who hasn't played yet, in there. So it's, we're stuck with what we have, barring any major injuries. Yeah, you can't even get the ghost goal now with VAR and uh, goal line technology as well. Like we did like 2005, <laughs> innit? Garcia ghost goal, uh, yeah. But no, I'm, I, I'm with you, Tad. If, if Liverpool lose, Chelsea will beat Madrid, I expect. And But I I just, I fancy Liverpool. But the only thing is there's no like home crowd for Liverpool's advantage. It's so like, you know, Liverpool just feed off the crowd's energy when it comes to these Champions League ties, right? That'll be a big disadvantage for them now in the COVID season. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean like we, we definitely struggled. With, we, here, we, yeah. No, we struggled without the crowd this season and our home is a serious serious concern um but you know what we played both the ties against leipzig in budapest i don't know whether these ties will actually go ahead in the uk and in spain or whatever um i think i think it will if it's just in the uk well, we'll no, like, if the uk it will be i don't know whether madrid tie will go ahead in spain or whatever whether we'll move to a neutral country or what who knows but yeah it's a difficult one like i'm really looking forward to it. i think the Champions League's really it's piqued my interest this season just given the teams that are left and obviously the fact that Liverpool is still in it um but the start there's three british teams city going for the quad oh, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be brilliant but you know what at this point in time i you have more faith in liverpool than i do to win the champions league i think we'll beat madrid but there's something about chelsea that it, i that this season it just screams to me that they're going to go all the way wow. it, it doesn't this season doesn't scream to me like the strongest team will win like you know those champions league seasons where it seems yeah. it feels like yeah, yeah. it's a fate it's a fate team it's like a it's a team that's just been really crap in the league but then just turn it on when the champions league i just yeah i mean before okay let's go to it right let's do your final final predictions who's going to win the champions league finish how about you i'm going to go the opposite i think this is i just feel like this is so built up for city to finally do it like this is the competition that whenever they start they set out this project of the whole abu dhabi takeover this is what they wanted they wanted to dominate europe they wanted to win the champions league and i think now pep guardiola's fourth season now the time has finally come for them to do it and bring it home so I really fancy them to do it. I think it's theirs to lose. Okay. You, Dylan? Again, like a difficult. I've just hyped up Chelsea um, massively to, to get to the final. But I think if it's, I don't know, if it's a City-Chelsea final, if that is the case, I do think the fight, the winner will come out of the Bayern-City tie. Um, uh, and I'm leaning towards City as well. But you know what? There's something about Bayern Munich in the back of my mind that says they're going to dominate Europe for a few years to come. And that squad is just too good to, to roll over. So uh, my money's on Bayern Munich. 
my money's on Liverpool, you know. I know you guys are going for the strongest teams, which is fair enough, but I just fancy Liverpool when it comes to the Champions League. They just got that kind of there's nothing there's no actual fundamental analysis behind it. Someone is there. Sometimes weakest, it's just a feeling sometimes. Yeah, it's just a feeling. They're one of the weak they're one of the weakest teams, if I'm honest, in the out of the four. Uh, but they're a different the animal four, in, the in Champions League, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And I I, I fancy the winner between Chelsea or uh, Liverpool, to be honest. I think the st- uh, like the moment we'll get to them if they even go to the semi-finals or even to the final, right? And I just think Liverpool will be, do it. I really hope Liverpool... I don't want... The way I see it, I just don't want Chelsea to win and I don't want Liverpool to win <laughs> after that. You don't want anyone after to win. Like, I, don't, I don't want Chelsea to win by... Like by far, but I feel, I feel like they could like like a. Str- I feel like the winner will come out of what is it the second side of between realistically Chelsea and Liverpool and Real Madrid. That's the way I see it. But yeah, no, I think that's the end of the episode, guys. Uh, going to end it. Uh, give it to Finish to close off. Thanks, Catch. I've really enjoyed that. I thought it was a really good discussion. Yeah, no, it was. It was, yeah, it was good fun. To be good fun. Yeah. yeah. As always, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and make sure you're following us on our socials at BTG underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Next week, we'll be looking at the Europa League draw, which I think Cad will be really excited My to talk about. My team, bro. My team, yeah, he's, he's been I'm looking gonna, forward I'm to this for come a long in and time. Shine, bro. So, yeah, so, I couldn't even talk about them in the top four, mate. That's the problem. That's, that's how dead we've been this season. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, so next uh, week, we'll be doing the same for the Europa League draw. So we'll see you next week. Bye.